0: I want people to have that confidence that they can do those things, too, and they can share weird stories and things can be messy and nothing has to be perfectly, you know, curated and planned out. And I want to serve as a human permission slip to people to just do whatever the fuck they want. And I can't just tell people do that. I feel like I have to do that by living that and being a living example of that.
1: so much for listening in. I am Roberta, the illustrator behind Happy Impulse, and this is Happy Impulse Unfiltered, a bi-weekly podcast where we talk about the bullshit happening in our society and I create art about it. Because the more we talk about this shit, these issues, the more we can change and better the world around us. So, welcome to Happy Impulse Unfiltered, and as always, thank you for giving a fuck i am super stoked and i want to welcome heather spooner to the podcast she's a badass lettering artist and connects adult friends through letters she shows up and i'm thrilled to be able to talk to her
0: hey i'm heather spooner Um, i own a business called ampersand lettering lab and I am the creative director, owner of Ampersand Lettering Lab full time. Pre-pandemic, I was teaching hand lettering uh, workshops and painting a lot of murals and a lot of public spaces and restaurants and bars. And then during the pandemic, none of those things were happening. So I had to kind of find a new way to fit my business into what the world was shifting towards so i shifted my workshops online and i started an adult pen pal club which is so out there from what i was doing but it has found a really special place in my heart
1: i mean you're connecting adults through letters and we rarely get letters just for fun anymore right Or like, hey, we're just going to be on social media all day and not really connect with anyone and not have that deeper moment where you're like, hey, how are you? How are you doing in your life really beyond just I'm good?
0: Yeah, I was making an analogy yesterday. I was talking about connection. And the other day, I was trying to plug in my label printer. And the cord was connected. It was just sitting in the port. And I couldn't figure out why it wasn't working. And when i flipped it over i realized it wasn't actually connected but then because my mind is very much zoned in on human connection i thought man that's what a lot of people think connection is is just like it's touching it should work and it's not like really plugged in and i think writing letters really allows you to plug in it really allows you to make a full real connection and Because of the delayed gratification, you have to wait to get a response to what you wrote about. And we're not used to that. And I think because of that, you have this trust that builds and someone's actually listening to you. Because I find in quick social media interactions or in text interactions, people aren't usually listening. People just tell you back what you want to hear. And I think with the Letter League, with sending mail, it slowed people down enough to listen to each other. And it's been really beautiful to watch. I was shocked, I sent out a survey last month and 65% of the people that are involved have not connected outside of letters, which I'm fascinated by, especially in the world we live in where it'd be so easy to find each other on social media and connect that way. And they're adamant about not connecting outside of letters, which I think is just so sacred and beautiful.
1: Maybe it's like, On your daily commute you see a stranger on a train and you end up knowing where they get off and then where they get on and they know where kind of a little information about you they know you wear cute clothing and different things like that But they never want to talk to you because maybe you're just that person that commutes with them. And that's the connection they want to have with you in their lives, like a friendly
0: face. Yeah, but it's still kind of a surface level connection. And I think so many people crave that deeper connection, And especially as adults. We don't know how to get that. We don't know how to foster those kind of relationships. You know, we're used to workplace interactions where they're just quick and shallow and we don't have the time to dig deeper and to to be fully present with someone usually at least in my experience it's people i've known the longest that i have like the deepest roots with and i feel like i can divulge deep you know meaningful things with but i don't think that's necessarily true it doesn't have to be people that you have known forever i think we have the capacity to befriend other people as adults and and have that connection because i think both parties wanted deeply. I think every human on the planet desires deep connection with other people.
1: I think that's the case. I think Look, I'm gonna give you my life story so that we can get past all the bullshit, and so when you call me at 3 a.m. in the morning, I can pick up and be like, hey, bud, what's going on? Let's hear about it. Okay, so I go to therapy, and usually my first therapy session whenever I have a new therapist is something along the lines of, so this is my bullshit. Here it is in a nice package. I'm gonna run through it really quick because I'm past most of the stuff, but I need to give you like previously on Roberta Hall. (laughs) like set up because I want you just to be aware because maybe it shows back up but I want to talk about the new shit and the new relationships going on my life but here's all my trauma in a nice little package we'll unpack it maybe in like five months but I just want to give you a heads up that's what you're dealing with and then we won't talk about it for a little bit until You think it influences whatever we're talking about at the time. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. But I think that also shows like
0: a deep level of vulnerability on your part. I think as long as people are able to come to a relationship with that skill to kind of let those walls down and say, here's my bullshit, here's what I'm dealing with, then you can kind of skip through the, the pleasantries. You can skip through the how's the weather where you are, you know, all that kind of stuff. And you can just go in. And I... I value that so much in a friendship, same as you, where like, I want you to feel comfortable and trust me enough that you could call me at 3am to say, hey, I need you.
1: I want to know that I have like five or six friends. I I know I have more friends than that, but five or six friends that if I call them at 4am and I'm like, hey, and then they're like, no, I'm too tired. I can't talk to you. And then I'm like, hey body they're like okay where do I need to bring the shovel you need to get rid of your phone right now we need to go pick up some burner phones um I'm going to give you a number let's make this happen and I'll be like somebody's been watching a little too much true crime I have it's so problematic <laughs> it's bad enough where my partner and I we code sentence where if either one of us have been kidnapped. And we happen to call each other on the phone. We know there's like a sentence we'll say to signal to the other that something is wrong. And this is the sentence. I love that. It is, hey, honey, have you fed the cat? And something related to feeding the cat because, of course, we have a dog. And so that's why I'd be like, something is wrong. The fact that we thought this out, (laughs) we're like, we're going to get kidnapped.
0: Yeah, let's not put you in a situation where you could potentially get kidnapped. Please and thank you.
1: The reason why I'm telling you all this random shit is because I'm trying to connect with you on the deeper level that things that I enjoy and that things that i am seen you enjoy on Instagram. So I stalk you on Instagram, I'm gonna be honest, and you're so vulnerable and raw with everything that you put up. You'll show you and your partner and sometimes I will see chair dancing, I will see letters in progress for pen pals, I see you talking about celebrating that connection, but you go beyond the surface level. So you're saying, this is what's going on in the world. Why aren't we talking about it more?
0: Yeah, I think so much of owning a business, especially as a single person business, there's so much raw, real things that need to be talked about beyond the product you sell and the thing you do and I think if we're not talking about those things, we're not showing up in our fullest self. And and that doesn't differentiate us from a big box store. And I think what's beautiful about some of the small businesses that we're seeing now in 2021 is there are people willing to be a person, a real living human being on the other side, and people are willing to invest in a person that they trust and care about. And so I think by sharing how i feel and what i'm doing and what we're up to and funny things and sad things and all of that it builds a relationship with the people that follow me on this strange internet platform that creates trust between us and and that's what i want more than people to buy something from me you know i want people to feel connected to what I'm saying. And I want to empower people to be able to tell their stories, whether they're also a business owner, or if they are a creative, if they are a new mom, if if they're an older person trying to to find their voice later in life, I want people to have that confidence that they can do those things too. And they can share weird stories and things can be messy and nothing has to be perfectly you know curated and planned out. And I want to serve as a human permission slip to people to just do whatever the fuck they want. And I can't just tell people do that. I feel like I have
1: to do that by living that and being a living example of that. I'm just in awe because that's a fantastic line. I just want to be a human permission slip to do whatever the fuck you want. I was like, yes. Would you mind talking about how Lettering League
0: started? My wife was having a birthday at the beginning of our state lockdown i'm in northern we're in northern michigan so we're talking like beginning of april 2020 is her birthday Um, we had been in lockdown for a couple weeks and i just felt my mental health is starting to decline and i also had this urgent feeling that i had to place my business on the map somehow i couldn't be forgotten about i had to stay relevant but everything i thought of or saw other people doing i felt Like, it was so slimy. Like, I I didn't want to set myself in that muck. It was like, nope, nope. Pull back until it's real and it feels right. Don't, Don't put yourself there. So, Christy's birthday was coming up. Because we couldn't do anything, I had sent a message to all of our friends saying, send Christy a card. Whatever you have laying around, it doesn't have to be a birthday card, it could be whatever, and in the mail for weeks, she was getting colorful stacks of envelopes, you know, and I kept them from her because I'm home during the day, I was able to kind of intercept them. And every time I went to the mail to get them, I had the greatest sense of joy. And it was probably like the third or fourth day of me getting the cards out of the mailbox that I was like, this is it like this is the feeling I want other people to feel. This is the happiest I've felt all day, if not all month. How do I sell this feeling? Like, how do I allow other people the, the ability to feel this way? And I started just spiraling on that idea. Like, what could I do? What, How could I do this? And eventually landed on the idea of pairing people up because we couldn't see each other out and say, oh, you have something in common with my other friend. You guys should know each other. Here's her number. Uh, we couldn't do that. So I thought, well, if I can connect people a different way, then we can. I could pair them and they could be pen pals and they could have this new connection, this new friend, and they would never have to leave home. And then I started thinking through all the hangups that could possibly happen. And it was like, okay, well, they wouldn't have a card. I'll provide that. They wouldn't have a pen. I'll provide that too. They would need stamps. I'll provide stamps. Um, It was just like thinking through every step of something that would stop somebody from doing this and putting it all together in a kit and sending them off to each person with all the information for their pal inside and everything they needed for their first 10 letters. And I held my breath and and told the world I was going to do this thing. And last Friday, we launched the eighth round, which is just wild. It's so cool.
1: Have you gotten any messages from people beyond people just saying, hey, this is where I'm at, just messages of gratitude. I have. And I'm actually
0: um, in the process of working on a documentary with a film production team about this project. So I was able to kind of sit down with a huge number of people in the last couple of weeks and do interviews with them all. And uh, it was a great moment for me too, because it was so, so many of them were able to express their gratitude and tell me these stories that could legitimately change the world. They were amazing, and it was very validating. It was a gift I didn't know I, I needed or wanted. It was great.
1: I feel like I would have cried. To be honest, there were plenty
0: there were plenty of times where I cried. I kept a notebook of things and I was, you know, writing what they were saying as much as I was keeping notes for myself because as they were talking, I was processing through things, too. So I reserved the left side of every page for my own thoughts. (laughs) And uh, at the end of every day, I recorded a zoom of myself talking to the camera, just going through everything that I had thought of during the interviews. But it was it was a lot. It was great is really cool.
1: Is there any moment from doing this experience, from getting to kind of look back, that you'd be willing to share? Uh, for myself personally, go for it. Oh geez,
0: I I think I underestimated the power that this project truly has. I I saw it as a way to like keep my business going during during a pandemic. I not once thought about the fact that. I was allowing people to keep a time capsule of this weird-ass time in history that they would have for the rest of their lives. In one of the interviews, one of the girls brought up to me that her spouse's grandfather had just passed. And, and their grandmother gave them a box of letters that he had written to her during Wo- World War II. And she just like stopped and held the box and, and sent me a message and said, like, this is what we're doing. And I I didn't have words. I just stopped and looked at this photo and was like, yeah, here I am thinking like this is the way to move my business forward during a pandemic. But I didn't think about like the deeper meaning that some of these connections and these letters were going to hold for people. And that's been really um, eye opening for me to hear people say these things that I had never
1: even thought of. It's that whole mentality that you're fostering a friendship that people just have to show up to without having to pull in that whole bullshit of, hey, we work together, let's go get coffee. Or, hey, it seems like we like one of the same things. Maybe we should hang out sometimes. And then they never call you or you never call them because life is busy. So what you've kind of done with the lettering league is... You wanted to bring joy to individuals without it seeming like a surface level purchase. It's like a friend in a box that you haven't met yet. The possibility where you can share all of your shit. Do they get photos of what each other look like? They
0: don't. They don't know anything about each other. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, they know each other's names. They know each other's pronouns. They have their address, contact, um, but that's it. And then, you know, through their letters, there are some people who've decided to, you know, uh, add each other on Instagram, just have some connection outside of letters to say, hey, it's been a minute. I'll get a letter out to you next week, you know, and then there are some people who want to know, you know, what their family looks like or, you know, who this person is. But I'm shocked that the majority don't want to connect outside of letters, which I think is fantastic. Kind of circling back to something we talked about earlier, it's so easy to have a surface level friendship when it's people you work with or share some kind of like common thing with. And, and the only thing these people share is they they wanted to participate in this. They've done, you know, they've made a financial investment to, to make this happen. So they're committed in that way. But they also know they share me they, they both know who I am, and, and there's some inherent trust in that, that I've paired them for a reason, because I go through everybody's surveys they complete for me with a fine-tooth comb to make sure I'm pairing people that are going to get along or who I think will get along, um, and it allows them to just skip past the the dumb stuff. You know, I just uh, actually worked with another uh, female letterpress artist who who designed a card for the letter league this last round. Um, that is this beautiful blind letterpress tri trifold. It looks like um, notebook paper with like the thin blue lines and the double red margin. And on the t- header is blind letterpress that just says skip the BS, you know, just like get past the dumb stuff and go in. And the the people who are involved in Letter League who've been able to do that and give themselves permission to do that have been the ones that have been the most successful.
1: Are you actually in the pen pal program yourself? No, not a chance.
0: There is no <laughs> chance in hell I'd be able to keep up with a pen pal. That's true. And I'd be a horrible pen pal. I can just like organize and foster this great thing for other people, but I would just be the world's wor- worst pen would pal. Would you get like
1: two letters in and be like, so I got distracted, I had a whole lot of work to do, I didn't write you back, I'm sorry, is that kind of what's happening here? Yeah, I, I feel like right now I
0: have like too many plates spinning, so it would just be like, I'll get to it, I'll get to it, I'll get to it, and I wouldn't get to it.
1: Cause that's what, one of the things I was curious about, do you get to experience as a pen pal yourself, And would the individual know on the other end that you are the host, the home of the joy that's being brought into all these people's lives through letters? Yeah, I, I don't know.
0: I I think somebody would, as many people that think they would be my, you know, they'd love being my pen pal. I, I feel better just being the, the home. I don't, I don't want one for myself. I would rather just be the one who kind of organizes and orchestrates it all. And some of these people are absolutely lovely and have reached out on their own to send me things in the mail and make me feel included in this, which has been wonderful. But I don't have a pen pal of my own and and the world's better for it. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, that like rolls into my own mental health journey. And like, it's one of the boundaries I'm not willing to cross because... I don't want to give
1: one person more than I'm giving everybody. I think that's a good boundary to have. I guess there'd be a part of me, like a small part, that would be kind of jealous and be like, I just want to know what it feels like. And then maybe after the first, like, five letters, I'd be like, okay, I now know what it feels like. And I'd be that asshole, be like, so is this relationship over? Should we break up? And then, then it'd be like, then the whole program would get a bad reputation. And then I'd be like, I feel like an asshole. Why would I do this? I've ruined something so special.
0: No, but I think that's something so important to know about yourself. Like, there are plenty of people who follow along, especially on Instagram, who know this is not their jam. You know, they know just like me, that like, it's just not for them. And I think that's beautiful. I love more than anything when someone knows
1: himself well enough to know when something's not for them. So you've gotten to receive these letters from people who are in your program of gratitude. And now that you're doing a documentary where you've looked back and seen all these things, you're getting these insights into how the world can change based off connecting. Does that make you view the world differently and your impact in it?
0: I don't think it changes how I view the world. I think it confirms the way I view the world because I truly believe everyone can find a way to connect with another person. And I think I have just, again, coming back to that word permission, I've given people permission, I've given them a way to connect that might have been something they didn't think about. Because as much as I put emphasis on how I pair people and you know the ways that I find connection between people, I think anybody can connect with another person. And I think globally that's something we need to remember, that we all have things in common. We just have to put our own biases aside and be able to meet somebody, basically like strip back everything we carry with us and just stand naked in front of another human and be like, here I am, let's do this. And I think if you're willing to do that, the possibilities for connection are limitless. But I think so often we have like our suit of armor on when we meet people. And instead of being soft and vulnerable, we get defensive and we make it about us and and I say us, particularly uh, being a white woman, I think it's a, a novel white thing that people do, white people do. But I think there's a lesson in that for humanity, that if you're able to come without that suit of armor on, without carrying all of the biases that have been programmed into you in the past that you're able to make a real connection with somebody else. And I think that's something we need to aspire to do as a planet, especially right now.
1: Well, something interesting within your program that I have another curious question about is, do you know when you're getting the application what the individuals look like? No, no,
0: I don't know what they look like. I don't know their age. I don't know their gender identity and that's a beautiful thing you know and and moving into this this documentary that's something we've talked a lot about is just the idea that all of these people have connected without knowing anything about each other physically and how by removing that it's almost easier for them to communicate and to, t- to talk to someone because you're not coming to something with your own preconceived bias of who somebody is or or what they do or how they are. They get to tell you that that's their story they get to tell. And I think that's really unique, too.
1: What's so great about that is people can show up and it's just their words and the way that they're writing. And so you don't know their income. Like you said, you don't know their age. So Mm -hmm. you could honestly be talking to someone who has survived many many years in jail for example and you never know that part of their story Mm -hmm. because that story is probably not that important to them anymore because they've passed that in their lives they've healed from it whatever's gotten that into that place and they've moved on and so it could be that they're just having a conversation with a stranger about their favorite recipes and how to make certain things because that's what brings them joy to talk about with each other Because it's a thing that they have connection on that some people might think is surface level, but to them, it brings them this extra joy to have someone connect with them on a hobby.
0: Yeah, and it allows these people to be put in the driver's seat and they get to choose the story they tell. It's like those books that I read as a kid where it was like, choose your own adventure. This is that. You get to choose what story you tell. You get to choose, you know, kind of what path you take and and what you discuss with your pal and how comfortable you are or, you know, things like that. Yeah. No, it's it's been great. It's given accessibility to a lot of people, particularly because it is letters. It uh, I know people with varying levels of ability have been able to participate in Letter League and choose to disclose or not disclose some of those setbacks for them, which
1: I think is just beautiful.
0: You know, they're not they're not having to tell a story they don't wanna tell.
1: I think that's amazing because sometimes with the way the world is, everyone feels like they have to share their stories because of how they're presented to the world, even if they're not comfortable doing so. Because I have a partner, I'll be like, oh, I have a partner to when I'm going to like a job because I don't wanna be put in a position where I'm working for a company that doesn't respect who I'm with because if something comes up i'll be like well i need to leave now so i need you to know up front because it can make me uncomfortable in the future and not because i necessarily want to share that part of me with you it's because i know that i have to
0: i feel that so deeply when my wife and i were living in new zealand we weren't married yet we were very much a couple something we just admired the hell out of was Everyone we tried to work for, everyone we met, uh, everybody talked about their person as their partner. And I think in the states, I, I think it's changing, but I think for a very long time, it was like an automatic indicator that you were in a gay relationship. If you said partner, and I and I stumbled so hard on that word when we came back to the states because it gave me so much freedom overseas. To, to say, you know, I had a partner and nobody flinched. And then, you know, you come back here and say partner and someone looks at you like you have two heads. But I, gosh, I what you were saying just like hits me so hard. But yeah, it's something really unique, especially about Letter League. It doesn't force people to fit into the box that they see the world fitting them into most of the time. You know, you don't have to just agree to be some kind of stereotype because you look a certain way you can you can leave that all out cuz nobody knows what you look like nobody knows you know they they have your address and they have your name that's all
1: <laughs> right because you're writing your own story yeah you've given that permission to people and people are saying what they want to say they can also decide that you know what i'm going to tell this individual i'm an artist because i do draw all the time but the world sees me as an accountant. And I'm not putting that label on myself because accounting at this moment doesn't bring me joy. And so getting to define all of these things, it gives you this unlimited power. And sorry, I know we're talking a lot about Lettering League and I'm just kind of in awe of it because it kind of makes my brain go to all these places. It's kind of like you get to go to Halloween every day. With your letter that you send to someone else, where you're like, I get to dress up as me for once and not who the world needs to see me as. Yeah, for
0: sure. I would never encourage somebody to not tell the truth about themselves. But I think this gives people a unique opportunity to tell the truth, maybe for the first time to themselves. You know, maybe they do get to try out saying they're an artist for the first time and they haven't said that out loud to people. I know that there are a lot of people who have said things in their letters to their pal that they're working through themselves, that they maybe haven't spoken out loud, you know? And and you kind of trust that you're sending this thing off in this envelope and it's not falling on deaf ears. It's gonna go to another person who's gonna react to it from a place of love
1: and compassion that you might not have in your real life. Right, it's about understanding what truth is. Like the world has one truth about who you are, But then it's also your own personal truth about who you see yourself as a person that you get to express. Right. And
0: I think because of the delayed timeline of sending a letter, you've written it down. You've started thinking about it. Truthfully, if you've written it down, you've already been thinking about it. Then you seal it up in this envelope. You send it off. And it might be a week. It might be two weeks. It might be three weeks. and during that whole time you're still kind of working through it and processing through it so then to get a letter back from your pal validating this choice you made or this decision you made or this thing that you shared with them hopefully by the time you get that back you're also in that place where you're going yeah yeah i feel that way too i'm really glad that i Share that with them. I feel really good about it. It's been a couple of weeks. I've had time to process it. Whereas if you know you send a, fr- a text off to your friend and 30 seconds later, a text comes back, you're still processing it. You haven't had that time to, to truly work it out that I think you do get with letters. And I think something really unique about this whole thing is people have acknowledged that the relationship they have with their pen pal is completely different than the friendships they have in real life. And they just um, hold them in two different camps where you have the the quick, easy access friends. They all have this slow friend. There's something so beautiful about that to me that that you realize maybe ways that you could support your fast friends better you know, it's, it's teaching people a lot too, which is another thing that I haven't really, I now I didn't think about when I was first building this project.
1: When you're writing, and I used to do this when I was younger, I used to write, sorry, um, when I was younger, I was dating a young man and he was in military school and we would write each other letters. And so therefore Mm -hmm. we'd almost have to have when we were saying like how we were doing, it wouldn't be how we were doing in that moment. It's how we were doing like within that week or with that month and like what's kind of going on in your life within this time period. Mm-hmm. And it was exciting because it made me feel a little bit more romantic because it's getting this secret gift. Even though we could have been sending each other emails and eventually we did go, back, we did go to emails, I still have all of the letters that we wrote back and forth. And it's like, Oh my God, uh, my spelling is shit. I We barely understood each other, but there's words that, that I've kept with me because they seem that they were more valuable because they weren't 30 second responses. They were the responses of, yeah. I'm writing you a love letter. You might not get it for a few weeks. This is what I want you to know that I'm holding in my heart for you. Mm, I love that. Yeah, it,
0: I think it, it forces people to slow down and think about, what they want to say, to be intentional with what they say. And we don't do that every day. It's, it's something that I think we've let go of.
1: Right. Because with Instagram and Facebook and text messages, it's quick reactions. With this one, you actually have to slow down and say, mm-hmm. what am I actually feeling? What do I actually want to say? And probably to the people who don't want to be in your Pin pal program, it's probably where they're aware that if they slow down, they're going to have to heal from things that they're not ready to heal from. And so they look at your program and they're like, one day I'm going to have the courage to do this. For sure. And I will do it and I will be on that journey to healing. But I recognize it within myself now that I'm not ready for it.
0: Which I think is a beautiful thing. I love nothing more than people knowing what they can and can't do or what they do and don't have capacity for. And I would never want somebody to participate in something that didn't feel real and true to them or didn't feel good to them just for the sake of doing it. I, I love people who have the self-awareness to walk away from something. It's something I, it's a skill that I've had to learn over the years, but it's something I deeply admire in other people when they know themselves well enough that they can just look at something and say, that's not for me. Not that it's a bad idea, not that it's wrong. They just know it's not for them. And I admire the hell out of that. I think that can be applied to so many things. I think, you know, we look at something like Instagram and you see all of these people that you could follow. It doesn't mean you should follow them all. I very much appreciate when people are like, nope, you're not my thing. Love that. I love that. I love that you know I'm not your thing. Goodbye. (laughs) I'm not losing sleep over people who I'm not their thing. I think that's a skill more people need to hone in on to be able to say this is for me and this is not for me.
1: And what's great about that is if you were everyone's thing, it'd kind of be boring. You're like, oh, well, I'm like ice cream, like everyone enjoys ice cream. I think
0: a lot of people want to be ice cream especially in social media world people want to be palatable people want to be everybody's thing i i definitely don't want to be everybody's thing and i love the people as much as i love the people who i am their thing i also secretly love the people who are like that's not my thing i just feel like a a kinship to those boundaries of knowing yourself well enough to know this is this is for me and this is not i Mwah. love that. I love, I love a, not being an ice cream person. And I love people who are not ice cream people.
1: <laughs> I mean, I love ice cream, but I have like 10 friends who I completely adore. They're really, really talented on Instagram, but I have to mute them because I'm like, I'm following you because we're friends, but I cannot see your post because that might inspire what I'm doing. And I can't have that in my world because I love you. I'm letting you know that I love what you're doing, but I cannot be obsessed with you. I cannot stalk you because it is me. Love that,
0: love that. I love I love boundaries. So that is a great exercise of your own boundaries to be like, love ya, but not that way. Oh,
1: but it's hard <laughs> to learn because if you're friends with like a decent sized group, They'll like share it on their stories and I'm like, I did not want to see this today, but I'm glad that they're doing well. Their work is amazing. I love that they're on that journey and I'm on my journey, but I'm not judging myself based off their journey anymore. What a gift to yourself, because I think so many people do that,
0: especially in the beginning. you are constantly trying to create things that mirror somebody else that you know is doing well mirror something you like and if you're able to to minimize those distractions and truly like dig your heels into your own style and your
1: own weird there's nothing better i think i got too busy for it Ooh, <laughs> i got too busy to look at other people's lives and stack them up against my own and i was just like it takes too much emotional energy
0: good for you a lesson in this for everyone everyone listening listen to Roberta. <laughs>
1: Well, it's, it's only, I only got to that place because I found things that I'm super passionate about that I'm protecting. If everyone hates it, if everyone in the world says, oh, this is the worst thing ever, I don't give a damn. Mm. Beautiful. I love that. Because I'm only creating these things for me. Like, for example, this podcast, you and I, if no one else listens to whatever we're saying right now, I'm perfectly fine at the end of the day, because you and I are having a conversation. I'm getting to harass you with questions about Lettering League. I'm about to harass you with like some hard topic questions. And if the only thing that comes out of this conversation is you and I healing each other a little bit because we're able to talk about these things, then that's fine with me. Yeah, me too. That's enough. What's a challenging topic you're passionate about and willing to have hard conversation on? Anything. I'll talk and listen to anything.
0: I think I'm in a season of listening and and not filling empty voids with words, even though that's (laughs) counterintuitive to doing a podcast interview. (laughs) But in my real life, uh, I'm very much in a season of listening uh, because I think listening is something we've lost. I think so many people are eager to talk and so few people are eager to listen, but I would talk or listen to any hard topic. I am not a person who shuts down with hard stuff. I like to have a lot of hard conversations, but I'm willing to talk about about anything, any hard topic.
1: Well, then, since this is your season of listening, then let's talk about listening and what you've kind of learned from there.
0: I have learned a lot of people feel unheard. There are a lot of people who have stories to tell that are in spaces where their voices aren't heard or valued. And there are so many people that just want to be heard. I think I can apply that to the letter league. I can apply that to social justice matters. I can apply that to uh, mental health struggles for people. Everyone wants to be heard and needs to be heard. And I would encourage more people to be listeners. And not passive listeners, but active listeners. Actually listening and chewing through and digesting what people are saying. To a point where you're creating a little pocket in your heart for these people and hopefully creating some kind of trust dynamic between the two of you where each party knows that they have a safe place to land and that their words aren't being wasted by being shared.
1: Well, How have you done that in your life? Uh, I've been going
0: on lots of walks. That's my new favorite thing to do with other people, especially during COVID. It was, it provided a way for me to connect with people beyond a screen and get us outside and remove, most people will remove distractions when you're outside. They'll put a phone in their pocket, you know, versus, you know, there was a time where I would meet people at a coffee shop and a phone sat on the table between the two of us. And I think by moving conversations outside, it's limited distractions for people and really allowed uh, the opportunity for me to connect with a lot of people, especially in my immediate community, and give that opportunity to listen, to hear their story, to learn about them. I met with a new friend yesterday, and making adult friends is really hard. But we went on a real long walk, and I got to learn about her, and I got to, to hear her story. And it was really a beautiful exchange but it's something that i think people are convinced they're too busy to do is listen and make time for people and i think you have to choose to make time for those things if that's something that you really want and listening to people and hearing people's stories is something i want to make time for and i have made the choice to make time for in my day so yeah just something simple as as scheduling walks with people that i want to get to know better uh, and allowing them that space to talk freely and instilling trust that I'm a safe person to
1: talk to. Because you've become this safe person as a listener, I know that can be a very emotional task. How have you filled up your own bucket after other people have kind of drained it a little bit? I love this
0: question. I I go to therapy. I have a therapist that I talk to and work through my own stuff with, and she's she's a paid listener for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I do have a handful of friends that are that sounding board for me that provide those listening ears for me and are the first people in my camp to say, okay, you've you've done a lot for other people. What are you doing to celebrate yourself today? Or how are you... What are you doing to rest? I am blessed with people who are able to connect with me on that deeper level and check in with me and ask me those hard questions and force me to say, okay, yep, I'm taking tomorrow off and I'm going to read in a hammock in the yard. And I have a really supportive partner who is great about telling me when it's been too much and and when I need to to draw a line if, if I've lost control of my boundaries, but... I try to I try to keep a pretty tight line between what I can handle and what I can carry for other people and also still have enough in the tank for myself. A while ago, I was talking about the concept of like Heather at 100 and I am really great at being Heather at 100, sometimes Heather at 110. But like I'm really trying to sit in this place of like, what does Heather at 85 look like? Like 85 percent of myself is still enough and it still allows me to have something left for myself. And that is like the beautiful pocket for me to sit in and still give enough to other people, but also give that same care and attention to myself.
1: So what are some of the things that you've kind of identified as warning signals for when your bucket is getting low or your boundaries have been pushed? My
0: first instinct when something is like, especially if somebody is in a time of need or someone has told me something that um, I, think i can help remedy or help fix there was a time in my life where i would have just jumped in feet first and and found the solution and sent them 14 links to help them and when i feel that impulse to be the fixer i know it's time for me to pull back because it's not mine and that's that's something i've taken away from therapy is Knowing when something is mine and knowing when something is not mine, Uh, as much as, you know, we talked about it in the realm of what you like and what you do and what you participate in, how you care about other people can also fit into that. You can say like, oh, this is their issue. This isn't from me to carry. So when I feel that in my gut that, you know, I want to send them 15 links on how to fix their problem, I don't do it anymore. And that's thinking about doing it is my sign that I'm I'm in too deep, that I can still be a support person, but I don't need to fix this for, for everybody. Where Heather at 100 would try and fix every problem for every human on the planet, like, you know, I was Tim Allen in Home Improvement or something. But when I'm able to pull back, I'm willing to listen. I'm willing to help if you need resources. Instead of like vomiting resources onto people, that's really helped me kind of create that clear line between how I can support somebody in a healthy way versus taking on everybody else's emotional burdens and making them my
1: own. That's a hard lesson to learn. I think I'm still struggling with that. And then I'm still struggling to recognize boundaries in other people where before before we talk about like heavy topics in our personal lives, I need to ask my friends, are you emotionally available because I'm going through something right now?
0: Yeah, I really love the word capacity. And I use it often where I say, do you have the capacity for this? Or I have something I'd like to share, message me back when you have the time and space instead of just thrusting it upon somebody else. I think that's a really great way to respect other people's boundaries that I don't think everybody thinks about.
1: We've grown up in this world kind of of assuming so based off how everyone looks, we assume people's genders. Based off the way they dress, we assume their financial information. Based off the way they talk, we assume where, they, where they're where they from, et cetera, et cetera. And so I like that you ask the questions because you're giving openness to people who might not recognize they need that openness. So for example, now when we're everyone is just saying, these are my pronouns, it's not because necessarily my pronouns are different from what people expect. It's so that people who do have different pronouns than mine shouldn't feel like they're walking into a, an unsafe space. Absolutely. I think, uh,
0: especially around the conversation around pronouns, there are people who don't understand the concept of pronouns in that they think that's another way to define who a person is and really all i'm saying is when i'm not around these are the words i'd like you to use when you talk about me and i don't think everybody truly gets that you know particularly around they them their pronouns people will say oh but i can't use that you're only one person and i want to say i'm never going to be in front of you when you use those words but when i'm gone i want you to say they brought me a sandwich for lunch my pronouns are not they, they are she, her, but I am not uncomfortable when somebody uses they pronouns for me, and I'd like to see it more normalized. I would like to see it as something that people don't then use as another box to fit people in. I'm trying to, to be more vocal about the fact that they is universal. You can use it for everyone has been used for ages to identify a singular object, even though you think it's multiple objects. It's fascinating to me, but it is a really unique time that we're living in that we're thinking about these things, which I think is it's a start, right? Like we have so much further to go, but at least, you know, seeing Instagram recently roll out that you could add pronouns to your profile instead of typing them in in your own box, which I know so many of us were doing for so long, it feels like something. It feels like really late to the game, (laughs) but it feels like something. And I think we need to to see, remember that all the little somethings hopefully keep the momentum going in the right direction.
1: I know some of these little somethings based off like Instagram adding the pronoun box seem like it is too late, but the only reason it feels too late is because we've been talking about it, that it needs to occur. And the only reason it's happening is because we're having these conversations in the first place. So if we weren't having these conversations and we weren't aware of people who were non-binary or in the trans community who want to be inserted in certain boxes that we're not aware of based off where they are in their journey it makes their lives easier if they don't have to ask for something, if it's already automatically there. And that's why we have to keep talking about it because a little somethings will add up to something larger. And by not having these conversations, Mm -hmm. they won't happen. Even if we're thinking about it in the back of our mind. because Agreed. 100%. I'm never going to be a celebrity. I don't want to be a celebrity. That's not my life. But if I keep saying to like 20 people, hey, we should have pronouns, and then 20 other people spread it along, and it keeps going, eventually Instagram's gonna be like, oh, I have to make this change. And that's why I'm glad that you are an active listener, that you are putting your vulnerability out there because it's very vulnerable to even talk about these things in the first place.
0: Yeah, it's really uncomfortable, but I think, um comfortability and inaction go hand in hand. The more comfortable you are, the less likely you are to to take action on something. So I want to always be uncomfortable. I want to make people uncomfortable, because if we start to get in a place where we are comfortable and complacent, nothing is going to change. And I do lean into my privilege to be able to talk about these things as a straight-passing white woman that I want to put myself in a place that makes people realize they can also get uncomfortable, even if I don't make that. And the-, the world's not going to end. Yeah, and I, even if I, I find that people find me palatable, but I also think that that's kind of the the gateway to a larger acceptance. Like, if that is my purpose, if I am the stepping stone and the person who's making it okay for them to explore some new things and create a bigger understanding and create a bigger picture of the world, I'm okay with being that person. All of that to say, I'm not willing to like be the emotional Sherpa for everybody, <laughs> and do all the work for everybody, but like, if they're listening to me share my story or share a story or talking about whatever I end up talking about, I think it opens people's eyes to a bigger world.
1: How do you not get tired? This is a great question. I don't think we get to rest yet.
0: I think think if you're committed to seeing changes that we so desperately want, I think there's always part of you that's tired. But I think about things in the past That have made so many people before me tired. If I'm just tired for now, I'm hoping I'm taking that off of somebody else who's been tired forever. I mean, of course, I give myself physical space to recharge and like actually sleep I'm a, I'm a big nine o'clock bedtime person <laughs> i function best with nine hours of sleep uh, i know that about myself but as far as like emotional tiredness and capacity i think you by committing to doing the actual work that needs to be done you're also committing to always feeling always having a little bit of exhaustion because we don't get the privilege we've taken the privilege so for granted for so many years in American history as white people by resting and thinking it was not ours to fight, that we don't get to have that privilege any longer. That privilege is revoked. It's now time to be tired. It's time to do the work. It's time to to get other people to be willing to be tired with you if we want to see the progress. that you and i so desperately want to see in our world
1: so i know that we have to wrap up so who are people in your life that you would leave flowers for okay do they have to be they have to be living or past or both anyone who's impacted your life that you kind of want to say here are digital flowers i thank you because you've helped me keep going in this good fight that we're having Mm, i love this i would leave flowers for every
0: friend who's called me in on action that they would like to see me be a better part of. I think it's noble and honorable and it's fucking hard for people to tell you you're not doing enough. And I think when people are able to tell you you're not doing enough, they're your real friends. So I would I would give flowers to everybody who's told me or called me in or out on something because it's, it's helped me grow in ways that I maybe didn't even realize. I would send flowers or leave flowers for, um My great aunt who passed away January of 20, she was 99. She was an amazing woman, but she fostered this like great sense of creativity in me. She was the person that I, uh, she was our eternal babysitter when we were younger and she was just so good at letting us Be creative and pretend and play and and do that without boundaries and i think that was maybe my first permission slip from somebody to say like be weird do what you want to do you think this is cool that's great even if nobody else thinks it's cool it's cool like it gave me a sense of validation it gave me a sense of purpose it gave me a sense of freedom that i was able to take into my creative life you know beyond the age of five which as an adult, to give yourself creative freedom is a gift. So I thank her for for kind of setting that, uh, planting that seed early and giving me that permission from an early age.
1: I love that. I love you. You're thanking the people who call you out on your bullshit, <laughs> telling you just to show up a little bit more. Because <laughs> they're like, that's hard. Yeah. You're like, I'm tired. And then they're like, it's show up. It's easy to be.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think people's first inclination when somebody calls them out is to be defensive. And it's definitely a learned behavior to to set your own. It's not about you.
1: Set that aside. Like
0: you can be better. Just listen.
1: So since we've been talking about listening this whole time, what kind of insights or words of encouragement would you give to those who struggle being present, listening to others, just hearing people? I think I would just boil it down to the
0: the phrase, it's not about you. Once we can get over the fact that everything in this world is not about us, you're able to to actually hear other people talk. And I'm not saying like somebody's telling you something and you feel the impulse to, to butt in and tell your story or you have something in common and you need to share that. Hold it back. It's not about you. Listen. Let let somebody else fill that void. Not every void is meant to be filled, nor is it meant to be filled by you.
1: I think something else that you'd probably add that I'm I'm putting on you to add, is that you don't have to be a hundred percent. You can just be eighty five percent. Yeah, I mean, truly, like probably seventy five
0: percent is good. You can constantly dial it down or dial it up. I I feel really good at eighty five, and I feel like I save enough for myself that I'm actually taking care of myself and not just talking about it. So yes, I would encourage all of your listeners to to explore their capacity at a lesser percentage than 100 and see how great they still are and how wonderful it is to still save something in the tank for yourself.
1: And another point that you had mentioned earlier that I'm kind of paraphrasing is that it's okay to kind of be awkward... In that moment when you're getting the trauma from those individuals, it's okay to not try to fix it. You have to wait and ask for their needs. Yes. Again, it's not about you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) As much as you want to help, as much as you want to help somebody, that might not be the best way to show up for them. And it might not be the greatest way for you to show up for them for yourself either, like giving of your time and energy in a space where it's not appreciated or warranted is a waste of your own energy. So, just people will tell you what they need. Just listen. Well, Heather, what are your future plans? My future plans today, uh, I'm hoping to get my body into the body of water outside of my door. I'm hoping to go (laughs) swimming, which sounds absolutely insane because I think the water temperature is like 40 degrees right now. Um, But I would like to get in the water. Um, I am planning (laughs) <laughs> My wife has a really hard week this week, schedule-wise. So I'm planning a field day for her in the backyard. So I'm going to the library to pick up um, some backyard games so I can set up stations for field day in our backyard. I love that. Professionally, I'm working on a documentary. I'm working on Letter League. I'm working on a giant installation for Pride this year up here.
1: It's
0: got a lot on my plate but it's all good things
1: I'm glad that you're doing something for pride because representation that's all I'll say with that for now because I really do have to let you go and I really hate that but (laughs) where can we find you on the web
0: you can find me on Instagram at ampersand lettering lab
1: And you can find me at my own website, www.ampersandletteringlab.com. Well, Heather, thank you so much for hanging out. I wish we could hang out longer, but you got things to do. Got things to do.
0: I have a car to fix. I've got games to set up. But someday... I'm going to come to Atlanta, and we're going to go have a beverage and eat a meal together. You know what? We're not going to do that. We're going to have a walk. Mm. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) Snap. Walk, and then we'll have dinner after. (laughs) Yes. I'll have to get in shape before then, but we'll have that walk. Yeah. I mean, we can walk slow. I'm not looking to, you know, be a power walker. We can walk slow. Okay, good. But I would like to to walk the belt line. That's my request. We can walk the belt line. Just not all of it. Not all of it be darn near impossible in 2021, <laughs> but 2013 Beltline, I could have walked all of it.
1: Thanks again for listening. If you liked this episode, it'd be awesome if you took the time to subscribe. And if you want to send me your thoughts to continue the conversation, email me at info at happyimpulse.com. You can also find me on Instagram at impulse. And as always, thank you for giving a fuck.